lovelies, welcome to the Honestly Mia podcast with me, Mia. I'm so excited to hang out with you each week to share all the fun and not so fun topics of this journey called life, but I'm confident that we will heal, grow, laugh, cry if necessary to become unapologetically free in Christ. The beauty of it is we will do it together. So let's talk. Are you ready? I'm ready. Episode 41, Please Rescue Me. Hey guys, I hope everyone is having an amazing day. Um, Today is Sunday, February 2nd. I'm not sure when you're listening, but this is the day that it's being recorded. This is also Super Bowl Sunday, and I am going to disappoint a lot of you by saying I probably won't watch the Super Bowl. I'm just not the biggest football person. Um, I love all of the festivities and activities that are housed around football, like the getting together, the parties, the camaraderie, the um, combativeness that comes. But as far as the sport, yeah, not necessarily my thing. But... Hey, I don't judge or, you know, make fun of or whatever. You people that are going to enjoy the Super Bowl, I hope your team wins. Rah, rah, sis, boom, ba, boom. That is my introduction. Um, But as I was sitting here um, preparing for um, my small group this week, Um, We are actually starting a book called Trustworthy by Lisa Turkist. Um, It's a Bible study, six-week Bible study session. So for those of you, um, if you're looking for a book or study that gives you life, by all means, um, join in with us or do it on your own. I want to say that um, Lifeway has a online Bible study too. This is not a a advertisement it's just literally what I'm doing and kind of what prompted the podcast today but we are just going to be digging into this this upcoming Tuesday so this is literally at the beginning of the semester and I was going through some of my notes and some of the the questions that the book poses and something said just go back and read a little bit more And this is what gets us sometimes where we read a scripture and it can immediately like speak to us, right? Like I think that the scriptures are written in such a way to those ones that will give you like a mean punch. They're going to do that and that is going to be the thing. Um, And so in that, I was reading... um, first samuel first samuel chapter eight nine a little bit of eight a little bit of nine a little bit of eleven and i was reading the verses that were actually um recommended to to kind of go through but i kept reading and i was like okay so something about this i'm not quite getting so i need to go back and kind of get a better understanding of what it is that's going on. So I started going back and I started reading at um, all of chapter 8 of First Samuel. And I came to this scripture. 
and it just stopped me in my tracks as some of them do and you probably have heard me say a few times oh this is my favorite scripture i love this scripture that's not going to be it because this is the first time that i came across it so we are discovering this together um but when i read this um i started really thinking about something that i've said a couple of times and it's interesting when you say something and I've never stopped to see if there was a scripture that supports it. And so today, I guess the Lord wanted me to be honest in my approach to this. Um, I, I came across a scripture very organically that that kind of support, not kind of, that supports that thought process. I remember last semester, um, we were sitting down in small group and we were talking and one of the ladies was sharing something um, that's not significant to today. And I made the comment that um, sometimes God doesn't rescue us. And what made me say that is, is that there are times when we are asking for a season to be over or we're wanting, you know, a change of scenery or we're wanting something to be different. And the change does not happen right when we wanted it to and I can think about that so many times in my life and a lot of times time heals everything that sometimes you just have to let you know the situation run its course but there have been so many times I think about you know again and I so much was birthed out of my three years separation I mean God just really pulled me close and showed me a whole new world so sorry you will hear me reflect back to that because it definitely was the driving point to a lot of my discovery today but so that was during that time that I was like God just rescue me let this be over go ahead and and sew this up and and just you know get past it and I, I'm tired of it like this has been going on for so long and help didn't come quite like how I envisioned it. And I'm sure many of you can stop and think about some times where you've been crying out to the Lord and you're really like, I'm tired of this. I'm ready for it to go. Okay, let's just do a new thing. And God doesn't quite move like that. And one of the things that I can, you know, look back on because trust me you guys know that when you're going through it you don't always see as clearly there may be some opportunities where you get a glimpse of awareness but the most part we're bitter petty and all these other things about why me why this why 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 um but when i think about those three years and me you know asking god to just change it I look back on it and I can honestly say I'm so glad that nothing was different. I'm so glad that I didn't get rescue, rescued. I'm so glad that it took three years for the divorce to be final and that it didn't happen as quickly as I would have desired it to because what I know for sure is that if God had a just snapped his fingers and he can, it's not so much that he won't. I mean that he can't is whether or not he will or he won't because he knows what we need better than we do. And let's just stop right there. The quicker we understand that, people, the better life will be. That 
He knows better than we are. We are his creation. He gets us. He made us. He knows what it takes to get our attention. I mean, it's not hard to comprehend. We don't like to hear it, but it is the truth. And the truth, what? All right. You know how that goes. Um, the rescue didn't come. And so many other situations that I can sit here and think about the rescue didn't come quite like how I envisioned it. And there are a ton of scriptures that talk about how the Lord will not forsake us. He will not leave us. He will not abandon us. He will not get rid of us. He will not. I mean, he could. So, but, and all those things are so important because when you think about, um, going through something, let's, 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 let's not make it super spiritual, right? Let's talk about a hard season um, that you have gone through a sickness or ailment or whatever. And those friends who were always there for you, right? They were there to sit and talk to you. They were there to, to, to love on you, to take care of you. And while they did not fix it, right? You did not heal overnight. You remember what they imparted into your life during that time frame more than anything else. And then that's the same. So that's so practical. That's so in the natural, right? And so God does the same thing on a whole nother level where he may not change the circumstances, but he's there to hold you. He's there to comfort you, guide you, lead you, give you wisdom, give you perspective, all of that. But he may not rescue you in the sense of what we believe to be rescuing and so as i was sitting here reading and and my interpretation of these first you know 18 or so scriptures in first samuel chapter 8 is essentially the consequences right these people were not happy how i'm paraphrasing we're not happy with how things were going and they put a statement out there that this is what we need. Um, the person that they shared their needs and desires with was Samuel. And there was some unrest with the processing of it. And the Lord was very clear with him about, hey, listen to what they say, but explain to them exactly what the consequences are to what they are asking for now when i was reading this i got like all i felt like god got all in my business like all in my business and i started to think about the things that we were forewarned about that we chose to continue on with and then we say god help us right so and i don't mean this in any disrespect because i actually you know, feel this way that I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to have experienced marriage, even if it did not last. I'm grateful for it. I'm also grateful for the grace that the Lord gave me in order to get out of that situation that I now know was not ordained by him. And so when I think about that situation and, oh, God, rescue me from it, or whatever the case is, in essence, he did rescue me. Not like how I thought, because in my mind, rescuing me meant fix it, right? Well, when I think back, just like how, you know, Israel is asking for a king, I too was asking for <laughs> to be married. 
was 32. I was all about, okay, I have seen way too many people get married. Um, I'm getting older. Like, Lord, like, come on now. I've been dating this person for five years. This has to be it. Well, there were signs and there were things, and this has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with me and what God revealed to me. Well, there were signs, there were things that did not quite add up, things that caused me to pause, but I moved forward anyway. And even though that nudging did not cause me, because again, we want what we want, just like how they wanted a king, they felt like the only way that they would be successful was to get this king right and so in my mind the only way that i was going to be whole that i was going to be complete that i was going to be like everyone else that's a whole nother situation of desiring what others have and all of that was going to be the thing once i got married so fast forward i got what i wanted i had an amazing wedding it was beautiful it was the party of the year and it was all these things. And I mean, it was it was written out. It was played out just how I feel like I wrote it out in my head. And when things began to go left and things went all the way left, my first thought was, God, help me fix it. Fix me, fix him, rescue me, all of that. And what I know now is that God did, right? And so I'm going to read this scripture to you to kind of give you a little bit more frame of reference around, one, our version of what rescue looks like, and then kind of what happens when God does not do it when we felt like he would. Now, mind you, fast forward all the way to the new testament the rescue is in christ so the rescue did come i'm sure most of you know that already so first samuel 8 um verse 18 it says when that day comes you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen but the lord will not answer you in that day i'm gonna read it again when that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. So I'm going to put myself in that situation. Um, when we separated and I moved into, um, I moved out of our home and moved into my apartment. Um, it was all about Lord, like fix. So the month leading up to that, it was Lord, fix it, help me help this all of that and when I moved and and I began like I have voice recordings y'all full disclosure all about being transparent of me crying and weeping I have no idea where why I thought that I needed to record that but it doesn't matter because it was a, it has been a great reminder of the dark place that I was in and I'm just like weeping and I'm so sad and I'm so hurt and I'm so broke down and i'm like god like come on now like you were giving me images and visions of this working out and it's funny my interpretation of it working out was very different than what god was actually doing but he didn't come he did not he did not answer me in that day he did not answer me for a lot of days in the thing in which i was desiring but if i were honest let's go back 
to the first 17 verses of this chapter, there were a lot of things that I was given that would give me insight to the the ultimate separation in this marriage that was going to happen. But just like they were, it was all about what I wanted. And I knew best, right? I talked about that earlier. Like we love to tell God, our creator, that we know better than him. And so um, when the scripture says you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen. So what I love about that is that king could be the man that was not purpose for you it could be the job that was not purpose for you it could be the the house that was not purpose for you or the drug addiction or the alcoholism or pornography or um whatever it is that you are giving lordship to right so king could be physical person or a a activity or a habit or an addiction or whatever it is that you are putting before the truth that God is our God and that he sent his son to die on the cross. Like if you are putting anything above that and I can say right now that even in knowing Christ the way I do, there are still times where I am choosing a king a a natural king a false king over the true king doubt worry fear um discontentment i'm sure that if you took five minutes and plotted out whether you wrote it down took notes on your phone or whatever it is you can go through and see all of the king's that you have given authority to that is keeping you from serving the one true king and i don't say that in any type of condemnation i am i am standing with you shoulder to shoulder saying i know exactly what that looks like i have done it a thousand times over where there have been a king that i have chosen but i have asked god to come and rescue me from those choices that i have made that were not in line with his will and his way it's just that simple and trust me when you're in the thick of it when you are like all upside down turned around flipped on your head it is very hard to comprehend that concept of a lot of times i am here because of choices that i have made I'm here because of choices that I have made. God made a way out. And I was it was funny. I was telling somebody this yesterday that there was a situation and again, you know, for all respectful purpose, I won't share, but there was a situation that happened right before I got engaged. And in that was it was enough of a situation to pull back where no feelings would have been hurt. Well, some would have on my part, I'm sure. No money had been spent. No lives had been blended. All of that, like it was such a profound and specific situation that happened that was my way out. But when we're determined, right, to choose. So again, we're crying out for relief from the king that I have chosen. 
you have chosen, we have chosen. There are times, and you guys can can agree to this, and we get mad at God, right? But when he steps back and says, okay, this is what you want to do, and you are just bent on doing it, and you are orchestrating everything humanly possible to make it happen, he and it's in loving us that he does this. He steps back and says, okay, you can do your job better than me, so I'm going to let you do it. All good parents do this, right? My mom, funny story. So I don't, I don't remember how old I was, but my mom is a cosmetologist, right? So she is a licensed professional and all things hair is her thing but I'll never forget I was so pushy about her doing a procedure um on my hair giving me a relaxer like right after like not too long after I got in color so I can't remember what it was but she kept telling me to Mia you need to wait and I'm like no because I want my hair to lay down and and I'm just going back and forth and she's like no to Mia and I'm and it's literally so mind you this is this is us with God right I am going back and forth with her the professional the expert right this think about it put God right there to tell her that I knew better than she did I did not have the experience I did not have the um I didn't I didn't even have the verbiage to even understand like what was going on but this is what we do and she retreated and said okay and when I think about it as much as we and here's the funny thing so when we're 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 somewhat entertaining God on what we want to do I've been here before too and we take his not blocking something as okay yeah, just like how my mom said, okay, I should have ran afraid. I should have said, you know what, never mind. Because that okay that she said was very telling. It was very much a, okay, so you, you're determined, so let's roll with it. And God is sometimes like that too. Like, okay, because cause he sees that no matter what he says, you because he gives us insight, right? He gives us insight and we still choose to move forward. So Hey, get it how you live. That's how it goes sometimes. So my mom went ahead and put the relax on my hair. And some people like, oh my God, I can't believe she did that. It's probably one of the most memorable examples of my life, right? So she does it. She doesn't do anything different. She didn't purposely set out to hurt me or whatever. Well, she did what I asked. And what happened? Patches of hair slid off my scalp down the shampoo bowl. And it was a situation. You're talking about somebody crying and upset and why? And her response was, I told you that that was going to happen. But you were so adamant. And again, one could say, and we will get like toe-to-toe with God. Well, you didn't have to. But you know what, though? I will never forget that example. Just like how when God steps back and lets things play out, we never forget it. Because he doesn't rescue us in that day. He does not answer us in that day. Because you know what though? He knows that most times the best lessons learned are those that are learned in pain. 
Very simple. You walk over to the stove, you put your little hand up there, you burn it. It will teach you to not walk over to that stove. And so let me tell you something funny about we as a people. While that analogy is so clear cut, we are, how can I say it? We are conditionalist. <laughs> so I can walk over to that stove and if it only burned me a little bit, then I will then figure out how to go over there and do something slightly different with possibly a different outcome to still do what I want to do because something, which is how sin does, how the flesh works, something over there intrigues me and tells me that this is what I should do. Even when I know I shouldn't or even when I know, and again, those are probably the hardest parts. And if I had to inquire to God about what does he feel about that, he's like, so your determination is real strong right now. And you still want me, once you have gone over there twice, three times, five times, hey, however many times you've gone over there, and you want me to do something. And thank God that he does something, which could mean not doing anything, because he wants us to understand. I was telling a friend of mine this at the end of last year. They went through a traumatic experience and it was all like my heart hurt for them because there was great embarrassment that came came from it. I mean, their character was ripped apart. They were stripped of so many things. And all I could hear was it had to be like this. So you'll never walk back over there and lay your whole arm on that stove because the dotting of the fingers, it's like anybody that you've seen play with fire, right? Like we have people that will, you know, grab at the flame, rub their hands across the flame, and it's only warm, but we keep doing stuff and we keep going back there until our choices allow us to lay that arm down on that, and I say down on that flame, and then, oh my God, and then what happens is it becomes an all-out fall on our knees. God, just help me do something now. I don't know how to whatever. And it's like, I am going to use, this is, this is how I feel God feels. Fine. Let me tell you how I'm going to, how I'm going to answer you in this day. I'm going to let you experience this so you will know how good I am that even in experience this, I can still give you joy. I can still care for you. I can still bless you, but I'm going to let you sit right here. And then also I'm going to teach you something about depending on me. I'm going to teach you something about seeking me out. I'm going to teach you something about being preventive in your approach to things. I'm going to use this seemingly awful, horrible oh my God, situation to be able to elevate you. So one, you will know how mighty I am. Two, you will go out in the world and let people know just how your God loved you and took care of you and 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 allowed you to persevere and all of that. And lastly, so you will know more about us in relation than you ever did before. Isn't it amazing? As a parent, I'm not a parent of biological children, but as a parent, those of you who are, or even think about your relationship with your own parents, 
That is what good parenting is. There is only so much that our parents will can prepare us for. And they're just things that we have to experience on our own, right? So to finish up the story of my hair sliding down the bowl, there were consequences. I had to wear a ponytail. I don't know, for six months until my hair grew back. I could not do anything fun with it. And here I am, like literally at the beginning of high school, I guess it was, like not being able to do anything fun. And my mom does hair. So everybody's rocking these cute styles, all this type of stuff. And I'm like wearing this ponytail because I was determined to do it like I wanted to. And once my hair grew back and things got better, and here's the best part. Here's where God will give you beautiful ashes, right? So after I left my hair alone and had to wear that ponytail, it came back beautiful, lush, thick, full. So while I had to endure, while I was not rescued, because I don't know what it was my mama could have done, but in the, in the sake of God, God can just snap his fingers. But he's like, you know what, though? I'm going to let you walk through this to teach you something, but I'm going to bring you out better than before. So just like my hair, and some of you may be listening and thinking how funny that is. Hopefully my mom is listening and, and tickled at this too, that I was made new. I had a whole new head full of hair. And just like the situation with with my marriage ending, I came out a born again, like on fire, like wanting to know more, like all of that pushed me there and I'm still pushing. So I will leave you guys with this. When you think about where this scripture says, when that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in that day, right? When you're asking God to, to rescue you or to do something, instead of focusing on what he's not doing, focus on what he's doing. Focus on that while this may have been the thing to take you out, it didn't. It may have been the thing that have stretched you and you were stretched for the greater good of you, for those that are too get a taste of what it is and here's the best part about it is that if allowed what you went through will bless others may not change what they're going through but it will definitely give them a point of reference like you know what though if she can fight it i can fight it if he can fight it i can fight it if if he can stand i can stand if she can smile through it all so can i and think about how beautiful it is a multitude of believers that are saying i've been tested Right, I've been tried, but look at where I am now. So sometimes, as crazy as it may sound to your natural mind, you're grateful that God didn't answer you in that day. Thanks guys for spending these moments with me. Boy, do I miss you when a little time has passed, but I'm so grateful that each of you tune in, you listen, you share, you provide comments, like it just encourages me so much. And I'm so grateful that you have found your home here and that we can continue to become unapologetically free together. Like this is what this all this is what this is all about. So until next time, have a great day on purpose.